Well, this episode of Left of the Valley is brought to you by Tiger Woods for President. Because if banging porn stars and playing golf qualifies you to be president, may as well have the best. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. Oof. Hi, I'm Robert Stanley of the Right to Reason now. podcast, and I took a left at the valley. Gotta love that voice. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith in us. Coming at you after that bad day, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I like to print fake $20 bills with science facts and drop them in the church collection plate. Oh, fuck yes! <laughs> Joining me as usual is the team, not trying to make you happy, they ain't tequila. I thought that made your clothes fall off. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Her son once threatened to hold his breath if he didn't get his way. She had to wake him up. She doesn't negotiate with Harris. Nancy. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I mean, co-worker of mine once said her doctor said, like, let him pass out. He'll start breathing again. Exactly. Yeah. She tried to rent the apartment of her dreams. Turns out it was a liquor store. Christina. Oh, yeah. Much. <laughs> <sighs> and she stole the police toilet. They have nothing to go on. <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> oh, sounds like a dirty job. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Ladies, welcome back. Hope you had a great week. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good till now. <laughs> I mean, I'm on my second cup of coffee this morning, so. Ooh. Ooh. It was it was a rough week for me. <laughs> it's kind of been the running thing. Rough weeks. <laughs> I mean, reps are doing. I got a new job, so yeah. that's Yay, exciting. Congratulations! Yay. That is exciting. Yeah, we're so happy for you. Yay! Yay! And you're working. Well, we won't say where you're working. Uh, so today, yeah, please the address. So today we'll be talking to Chris Shelton, and we'll be discussing also Scientology with him. Ooh, that's in the second half of the show. But first, exciting. Let's do a chit chat. Did you guys hear that uh, in science news, a scientist have discovered the first fast radio burst that beats at a steady rhythm from space? Oh, cool. I haven't heard oh, about Oh, is that this. what that was? Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it's not dubstep. <laughs> it's actually located in the galaxy 500 million light years away. Uh, it sounds like it's really far, but it's actually nearby in galactic terms. It's actually mm-hmm. right next door. Uh, this is pulsating at a 16-day cycle like clockwork. So the first time uh, the, uh, the, uh, they recorded uh, the, the period, it's the first time they've recorded a periodicity in radio signals ever. Um, uh, now, we know they are produced by uh, very energetic sources, but the source is unknown. Aliens. And this is also a local thing because this was done by the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment, Ooh, or CHIME. Wow, good for us. Now, we have spoken about before. Of course, CHIME has a radio telescope right here in B.C., so the, whatever that uh, that uh, source is, it basically pulses four days on, twelve days off, and then that sixteen day cycle repeats again. That's like it, really it, consistent. From somebody who knows absolutely nothing about pulsing, pulsing, and you know <laughs> science and all that kind of stuff, is it possible that these 
pulses could be echoes of something yes. that's already yes it, it, it's oh, one of the you mean that... i actually guessed mm-hmm. right no it, it, it's oh, a possibility oh i can be an astrophysicist by mail <laughs> you can i guess uh, and it, it, they're, not, they're not exactly sure of the source they're hoping it is the the, the pulse they're, they're receiving is something do, from the direct source but it's wow. also a possibility that's a reflection from another source looking so that's a logic i mean that to me was kind of a logical thing if it yeah. sounds like it's produced by something mechanical it could that, be anything whatever, it could be a anything. couple of binary stars it could be a you know a dwarf spinning real fast oh, and yeah. making that, that that signal at the same time you know well, god knows but at the same time it's it's pretty cool it's a that, very consistent cycle yeah and, and like, it's the first time they actually had something very consistent like that because usually you have a cycle and then it disappears and it might reappear at some point well, yeah especially with it being like on for was it 12 days on uh, four days, days on 12 days off. four days on 12 days off like that's a pretty yeah so it's, it's, it's anyway, it's a story we'll have to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. And of course, there's a Canadian link to it, which is kind of mm. nice. Um, <laughs> uh, did you guys hear that my man, my man, Bernie Sanders in the States uh, wins the uh, Iowa Ooh. popular vote for the caucus and also wins the New Hampshire primary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're starting to get a new uh, Bernie trainer, Nancy? Told you. No, I'm telling no. you. Yeah. Though, did, I, did Bernie... End up winning Iowa? Uh, basically, they, they, they kind of gave of. it to Pete. Well, yeah, because he... he... He, he had more vote. They, they basically get the same amount of delegates and they, they sort of awarded The caucus is weird. The, the caucus is so weird that even the Associated Press refused to actually post any uh, definitive winner because it's it, there's something fishy going on there. It well, really there's, I don't know whether it's fishy. It's just math. And there's some kind of a weird, strange formula and mm-hmm. people are coming and going. It's, it's mm-hmm. a very... There, there's a lot of complex issues yeah. with that, but I think they they sort of split it, you know, which means they've really got to do something about the caucus system, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for I mean, sure. Sanders came in with a, a more uh, votes, uh, yeah. the popular vote. Somehow they gave, a, uh, I think they gave like two extra delegates to Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think it ended up with them both having the same amount of like, the same amount of people who actually matter, like that are going to vote. In yeah, the, the, they're like delegates, the, yeah. yeah. But that, that yeah. was in New Hampshire. They got the same amount. And in, in, in Iowa, they gave, I think it's two more. I, I don't have the numbers, but I think it's just two more to yeah. Pete Buttigieg, even though oh. he did not win the popular vote. Yeah. It, oh, it, I thought that one, they got the same. Yeah. And Bernie just got more um, popular vote. Oh, he did. He got more popular vote yeah. than both. But, you know, technically, if it goes by popular vote, and it, it should, you know, mm. he should be declared the winner of both, essentially. But, you know, there's some machinations that are going yeah, on. Yeah, it depends on the, the convention. If there's a fight about delegates, then this could matter. But if it, if they don't have, if, if one is clear, or if both of them are knocked out, you know, it, mm-hmm. it won't make it. It just, at this point, everything seems so crucial. Yeah. But it's still Super Tuesday and yeah. on from there. And uh, in the... In the uh in the same thing there, I saw this morning in the news that um, the, right now the uh, the moderates and the Democrats, the establishment, if you wish, are pushing uh, Bloomberg. Oh my gosh! Trump. And this so this stupid. morning, this morning he basically quoted he's considering Hillary Clinton to run his running mate. Uh, are you guys kidding me? Did you guys just want to hand it to, uh, to, on the civil place? Yeah, to Trump I mean, again? why have an election? Just declare, yeah, yeah, just give it back to Trump. Yeah, like, just give it back to Trump, d- oh, which is a God. terrible thing it's to a say. Terrible, terrible thing to say. It's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's a terrible, terrible candidate. It's a terrible thing to say because at this point, they're just. I mean, I realize there's a lot of Bernie lovers out there, and oh, yeah. but there just doesn't seem to be one clear overall 
exciting candidate. No, there are candidates that. that nobody likes, but there just doesn't seem to be the, I, the wow I, I factor. Think, I, I, think, I, th- I still think Bernie is going to go and get, and get yeah. it. And it, the only thing that's going to stop him is if they somehow do something really stupid and fishy and illegal, although illegal quote Hey, they're Democrats. Their, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, decide to award it arbitrarily to some to some other. I mean, it, it's so clear they, they, they were putting all their hopes on Joe Biden, and now, of course, I think he's floundering. <laughs> that's not happening. Now they're, they're looking at Mir Pete, and now he's starting to flounder. So now they're thinking, oh, Amy Klobuchar and Mike Bloomberg, they're, they're desperate. They're desperate to try to stop Bernie Sanders at this point. And I, I hope I hope that, you know, for the, for the sake of that country, that they don't. I really hope that Bernie pulls through, and he's got he's got the popular vote behind him. I mean, they're doing they're doing stupid stupid reasoning. Like on the TV, on television, they're saying, "Well, Bernie Sanders in 2016 has 60 percent of the vote in New Hampshire, and he's only got twenty six percent of the vote now this year in New New Hampshire. He's losing, obviously. Um, because there was there's more one, people. There was one candidate was running against in 2016. <laughs> now there's like ten. I was like, Jesus, you guys, you calling yourself political pundits? This is ridiculous." And it's, it's like, oh, I don't know. We so who's your second choice? <sighs> Warren's mine. Solidly Warren. My uh, second. I might have to agree with that. I might have to agree with Warren on that. Although, you know, I, I frankly, I... I'm not fond of her. But, you know, if it, if it was her that was nominated as a candidate, I'd be, I'd be comfortable. I'd be comfortable. I'm saying it's going to get back to some level of normalcy. I'm excited with Bernie. I'm very excited about oh, Bernie. Oh, you've been excited I, since 2016. Oh, yeah, since 2016. Absolutely. <laughs> I've been excited for Bernie since 2014. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so, no, 15, sorry. <laughs> oh, I was I was for him. I really was. It's not that I have... I just don't think he's the best candidate at this point. I have nothing I against him. I just don't think he the comments and Nancy has are what it takes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, at any well, rate... Somebody anyway. can't agree to disagree. And, uh, yeah. and at any rate, let's move on. Uh, did you guys hear this would be almost good for another brilliant moment? Franklin Graham, the son of the uh, late preacher Billy Graham, uh, has been kicked out of every UK venue. He booked a trip to the UK, and he was bringing his measures of anti-LGBT mm-hmm. and hate mm-hmm. the gays. I did hear and, about this. You know, and yeah. every venue, essentially, there was supposed to be eight stops, uh, basically decided, no, we don't know. Let's start with one, and then the rest of the other seven said, yeah, you know I what? I applaud them. We don't. <laughs> I wonder what... what what his dad would think of him. I keep thinking oh. that his dad would be ashamed of what you know his yeah, message has turned into through Franklin, but that's only because... I'm not sure I, what I, Billy I Graham's did. views were about the LGBT community. Yeah, either, right? I, I, I don't, don't think he was just, inquired yeah. more about something like that. Well, I, I had, I had a, a certain degree of respect for Billy Graham because I thought he was sort of middle of the road mm-hmm. You know, and positive about about a lot of things, even though he, you know, his message was, you know, the, the Christian evangelical message. I'm, I'm but, blanking on literally Franklin, everything about this person. I'm like, who's this person know, we're talking about? I know, Billy, I know about them. And Billy, like, Billy Graham for the longest time was known as the preacher for the president. Yeah, for, for just yeah, he about was every a friend of all the, the presidents, and years. he really was. I mean, the, when he gave his. Um, I don't want to call them rallies, but when he had his meetings, thousands of people came out to see him because they thought he was just, you know, the, the best orator and the best messenger the evangelical you know, for Pope. Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so anyway. he's he's been kicked out. Of course, uh, Franklin Graham is the kind Serves of guy right. that I'll say something stupid like Satan created the same-sex marriage and all yeah. that. So, uh, so I thought that here at Left of the Valley, we should actually uh, take a minute. If you'll join me in a minute of silence to send our thoughts and prayers. No. Okay. 
And um, <laughs> of course, the organization from Franklin Graham right now is considering lawsuits against these eight victims. Good, good fucking luck. Good luck. Oh. And last but not least, in uh, other political stupid news, uh, did you guys see that Trump gave the presidential presidential medal <sighs> of freedom to Rush Limbaugh? Yep. Nancy, I gotta have you tell your say on this. <laughs> oh my I, god! I, I, I'm trying to think. Let me see. Appalling. Disgusting. <laughs> the only words I would have would be, it, it, "It's Trump's choice." Enough said. Yeah, yeah. it definitely yeah. shows what kind of person Trump person Trump is. But the worst part is, is during that 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 event, which was a, he did that at the State of the Union. Uh, in the audience, as an honorary guest, was a I think he was a like a hundred years old veteran soldier of World War II, and I think he was also like a Tuske- First a Nation. Tuskegee, a Tuskegee, yeah, yeah. No, not First. He was he was part of the Tuskegee okay. Air Force, which was yeah, you know. And you talk about like a, an actual veteran of the war, yeah. and he's there in full uniform, and you're giving the medal to Rush Limbaugh. Oh my God! You know, other people in the past have had this medal, like Martin uh, Martin. Uh, uh, Luther King and and you know and and uh, well Mother Teresa we we're not going to go on that but uh, and, you know like really really you know people of prominence and then Rush Limbaugh just this gang is like oh my god well it's he's like- ca- he's catering to his base mm-hmm. and Rush Limbaugh has the the biggest audience for uh, the right wing mm-hmm. you know and I mean he's been there for 20, 30 years, and if there's a really horrible person that can get an award, Trump will find that yeah. person and give it to him. And of course, Limbaugh right now is actually uh, dying of stage four cancer. Uh, it's, I think it's throat cancer? Lung, lung cancer. Lung cancer? Lung, lung cancer. cancer. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right, because yeah. there was an article that he said, basically said... I think well, was, you don't in give somebody an award out of pity. Yeah. You're not saying that he got the award, no, you know... No. In the mid-90s, he was the one that basically claimed that the, the cancer from the lung from smoking was fake news and was, you know, made up, was a hoax by the scientists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they say they say you don't, you don't, you don't uh, wish ill... On, on uh, the dead or I'm dying. I'm not crying about but, you know, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to lose an ounce of sleep when his no. candles finally extinguish. Okay, like, well, I mean, there's still- a way we can turn this around. Just imagine Trump was giving that award to the cancer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I do, I, I feel, you know, there's a, you have compassion for anybody that's going through the kind of illness that, you know, when you go, they, people go through stages that are really unpleasant and it's difficult, and yeah. and you do simply, you don't want anybody to have to suffer physically. So on that level, you know, yeah, I I feel compassion, but for him as a person, you know, no. Like I'm gonna be. You know, feel bad that you're going through that, but that doesn't mean I won't call you a dumbass. Yeah. No, I, you yeah. know, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't even feel bad about him going through that. I don't. I yeah. don't. This, this is this is a waste of carbon. This guy. He's, <laughs> a, he's he, you know, he's not even. Oh, I don't know. I've got the very minimal respect I would give to a human being to a guy like that, and that's about it. Uh, in other words, I would not shoot him, but that's about as much as I would do. So, <laughs> yeah. no, I've got, I've got, I've got no. Well, not like only that. that. I mean, that was bad enough. But the fact that that Rush Limbaugh stood there and pretended he was surprised. Oh, I, know. Like, I mean, the whole you know palm thing and oh, you know and wiping his eyes oh, and thinking, wow. oh my god. I mean, it was just, oh, it was a horror. I mean, that the whole. State of the Union was a reality show. It was disgusting. You know, re 
I just didn't watch it. No, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I had better things to do with my time. No, thank goodness for that. Yeah. I mean, if we had to keep an eye on like, American politics 24-7, we'd be driving ourselves nuts. <laughs> All right, perfect. Moving on, my dear Nancy. Mm-hmm. You got a top ten for us? I do, and I perfect. think considering what we've just talked about, this is a silly top ten. Silly top I'm ten? Gl- I love silly I can top. use yeah. the silly. silliness right now. I love the silly. Today, today is silly. That's, that's okay. pretty much the modus operandi of the show anyway. Silliness. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Silly top ten junk foods. Ooh! Oh. Ooh. My life. Yeah. Now, this is the, the, although this is a top ten, the ten on this list could be replaced by a zillion different mm-hmm. things. Oh, yes. And it's only one person's opinion, but it's a jumping off place to figure out. Did they um, qualify this list by like top 10 as in like bestsellers kind of thing? No, or? just what this. Or just a top 10, top 10 favorite? Top, Probably. top 10 faves. Okay. Top 10 faves. Like so we can figure out kind of you know, overall what we favorites. like. Okay, so number two. Wait, wait, before all that, are you guys more like sweet or salty when it comes to snacks? See, I knew this was going to come up at some point. I'm not one of those people that's one or the other. I'm one of those people that's like, if it's there, I will eat it. That's so Canadian of you. I'm serious. It depends. Sometimes I'm sweet, sometimes I'm safe. Yeah, sometimes both. Or neither. Me anyway. Nancy's always sweet until she has a machine gun Uh, in her hand. She's still sweet. It's pink, has flowers on it. I painted it myself. Okay, number ten, any kind of soda pop. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is that? It, I, I don't know. I'm to a me, that's beer. not quite a snack food, but I guess it is. Yeah, yeah. It kind of you have pop along with the snack. Yes, food. Oh, yes, some, you do. Sometimes I just ten have pop. a favorite yeah. soda pop. Root beer. It depends. Specifically, A and W. If I'm in the mood for like something not fizzy or something lightly fizzy or something like story, just give me favorite pop. Uh, usually, I go for like Sprite or something. Okay. Anything lemon lime lemon or lemon. cream soda. I'm usually a Pepsi drinker. Gross. See, I used to do Pepsi, but ever since dealing with shit with my mother, I've switched over to Coke. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. I like Pepsi when it's um, it's 7-Eleven and it's a frozen Pepsi. I love the frozen ones better than I like the, the regular ones, the slushy ones. Those are real good. Anyway, number nine, cheeseburgers. Why they put that in a special mm. category? I don't know. Anybody let's think of it. Cheeseburgers are junk food, really. Cheeseburgers are junk food. Did you not yeah. see our reactions of like, oh, I mean, Specifically fast food cheeseburgers. Well, do you ever have a craving like you're in the car and you yeah. say, I've got to stop? <laughs> i got to stop totally. for a cheeseburger? Totally. Oh, oh okay. I'm pretty sure we've done something A&W. for every single one. I mean, one. I mean not A&W, uh, Wendy's. Yes. Wendy's Junior Bacon cheeseburgers. Who's I get, I, you know, you're I, a Wendy's cheeseburger. No, specifically the the Wendy's junior bacon junior cheeseburger. bacon cheeseburger. It's it's a tiny one. It's really easy. It's like not a meal. It's like a snack. I love a hamburger as, as much as the next person, but I don't necessarily go for a cheeseburger. I usually I usually order a hamburger, not the cheeseburger. I don't know what it is, it is about the cheese that people really like. It. So who's your favorite ham? Which who's your oh favorite? What's your favorite um, fast food hamburger? This is what people come here to listen to? Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is where I live. Lately, yeah. lately, lately I've been uh, having a lot of uh, double buddy burgers from A&W. Oh, the A&W is pretty good. Yeah. I, I usually A&W. get the onions off because I don't like onions, but you know, double <gasps> yeah. buddy burgers, yeah. I know, you know, once in a while I like to have the guilty pleasure of a double Big Mac. <laughs> Big Mac is a classic. That is that is, that is a little bit of a I guilty pleasure every now and then. The first one, what's your favorite so hamburger long. cheeseburger? Uh, I'll usually go for A&W or Wendy's. It depends. If I want, if I'm feeling something not you know what? We don't quite so greasy, we should. I'll go for N W. You know, the yeah. thing that we did across Canada, and this is uh, our American friends might not uh, know this brand is Harvey's. 
Oh my god, and yes! They're all across Canada, but here in BC, uh-huh. they're extremely rare. And they're usually uh-huh. like small franchise inside of Home Depot or something like that. Oh, oh god, god, they're so I good. I don't even know what that is. It's, it's, it's a Canadian brand <laughs> of, of, a, of a hamburger chain. They're and so good. What they do is they put the burger in front of you and they have all the condiments, and you choose the condiments kind of like a Subway, and you they put them on you for you. I remember when I went to visit yeah. my aunt. Oh my god. Years ago, magical. we went to Harvey's. We're still good. It's basically Subway for cheeseburgers. Well, it was before Subway ever existed. It was there. Oh my gosh. I'd be like, just all the tomatoes and pickles. Okay, yeah. okay. I've got to say also. <laughs> all the tomatoes and pickles. <laughs> on occasion, I will go and get some fat burger. Yeah, I wasn't impressed by fat okay. burger, Carl's, and all that. I haven't, I haven't been to Carl's Jr., but like on occasion, I'll do fat burger. Those are American chains. Well, they're all yeah. mostly American chains. Christina, are, which is your favorite? Junior bacon, but specifically for snack food, it's a junior bacon chain. Okay. Junior bacon cheeseburger. But if I'm just going for like hamburger, I'm going to a restaurant. Like. Okay. All right. Number eight, cookies. Yeah. Uh, yes. Favorite cookie. Oh, the, okay. The maple. The Canadian. The, really? ma- the maple, maple leaf. The maple leaf one. Oh, I love the maple leaf. One. It's so. Good. Okay, either the double stuffed Oreos. Yeah. Or or or. Oh my gosh. Okay. Do you remember when they had like the big giant stuffed Oreos? Oh my gosh, those were. The, like heavenly no, quadruple stuffed. Yeah, those oh, ones. Oreos are good. That's those just, ones. They were like the ones those. that you couldn't bite straight through. You had to peel apart and eat the filling. <laughs> I have a big mouth. I bit straight through that burger. Um, mm-hmm. or the Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookies, mm-hmm. or the ones I like, which you like cannot find here Dad's. anymore. Apparently, is the Dad's chocolate chip cookies. You can find the chocolate chip oatmeal ones, but you can't find just the regular chocolate chip cookies, and it makes me mad because those were the best to go with milk. Mm. I like the. Uh, I also had a, f- a fondness for the old classic Whippet. You might not I know this. I have no idea what that yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a cookie base and it's got a marshmallow and they have a little uh, little raspberry in the middle and it's covered oh, soaked in chocolate. Egg glue cookies. What? We yeah. called them egg glue cookies. Oh my god, no, no, no. Okay, there's another cookie. <laughs> it's oh, what hell are they called? I forgot what they're called, but they're like a ring. They have chocolate on the bottom and coconut and caramel, and they're so Ew. good. There's a Girl Scout cookie that's very similar to it, but you I can buy it in stores. Stand Girl Scout it's, cookies. It's, it's not horrible. It's not an actual Girl Scout used... cookie. There's one that's very similar to it, but like the one, it's oh my god, it's so good. The Girl Scout cookies used to be really good, and then about ten years ago or so, I don't know what yeah, they, they like, taste like horrible. They're just junk. So good. Okay, number seven, chocolate. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Oh, I'm well, not a fan. I, I, we're not going to ask your favorite chocolate. You're not a chocolate? Oh, I actually do have a favorite chocolate. Oh, God. It's sea salt. Sea salt Oh, chocolate. yeah, okay, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. The only chocolate you. I can have. The sea salt is delicious. Yes. It's that sweet and it's salty at yep. the same time. Just but I got to say, if like it's the, the Swedish or Belgian chocolate. The milk chocolate, mm-hmm. like melts in your mouth. I love, I love to find once in a while in town you'll have like a real chocolate shop, and it's just you know the mm. chocolatier. And well, you're a Purdy's fan, aren't you? No, I'm not oh. actually. I mean, Pur- Purdy's everybody loves Purdy's around here, and it's a very BC. But I think Purdy's is not that high quality. Purdy's oh. is overpriced. I, I, prefer, I prefer going to like an independent chocolatier, and they have oh. there. There is one somewhere in I believe it's in Abbotsford. I have to look it up. Yeah, there, is. there is. It's called Chocolatas. Yes. I haven't been, but I have I to I know go. where it is. I think they might have closed, actually. That's sad. Or moved. That's sad. Well, here's the favorite of our wonderful host, Chips, number six. That's not my favorite. <laughs> no, one that, that episode was I, where I was high on pot and I ate chips, and this is following me forever. <laughs> okay, favorite chips? Barbecue and ketchup. 
ketchup. By the way, the Americans are not going to listen. Uh, not going to understand. There is no ketchup st- yeah. chips. Ketchup in chips are the best unless you accidentally eat the whole bag in one sitting, and your mouth is mad. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've done that. I like Miss Vicky's just oh, original. Yeah, the I like sea salt. Yeah. Oh, I like the Miss Vicky sea salt malt vinegar or yeah. the Lee's barbecue or ketchup or. There's a no-name brand at Superstore. The the old Dutch used to do it, but you can't. They're hard to find now. But the all dressed. Yeah. Oh, but like yeah. specific I think, I think that's brands. A, that's an, I think that's another Canadian thing. I don't think they have all dressed in the states. They don't. But like specific brands, very particular to brands. Mm-hmm. They'll have a different flavor. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a brand right here. I, f- I forget the name of it. Really, really good chips. Uh, like uh, there's like yogurt and onions. It sounds weird at first, but they're fantastic, and they're made right here in Maple Ridge. Really? Yeah, it's not Miss Vicky's, but it's something similar. Uh, you, you've yeah. seen them, I'm sure. You've seen them. Oh, I'm sure. For, I've for, like the for, weird. For American um, listeners, Lay's potato chips are probably the standard, and Miss Vicky's is a harder bite. It yeah, has old, about the same amount of salt to it. Yeah, but the Miss so Vicky's has a harder bite where the Lay's potato chips is a thinner potato chip and it's just you can eat about 17 of them yeah. where with Miss Vicky's I think you because they're harder bite maybe you could eat 10 I'm know? not a fan of Says ripple same. ripple chips I don't like those like ruffles and stuff like that yeah no, See, I used to like ruffles no and even like the um the 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 what the hell are the Pringles I'm mad at Pringles because they don't put as much flavoring on their chips anymore no and they used to be fine but now they taste weird it's like and fuck you also Cheetos Puffs yeah <laughs> something else entirely that's not open, I get a word. So number five on this list is hamburgers, and we've already covered that. Yeah. So you want to stick in another? You want to move on? Yeah, move on, move on, move on. Okay, we're going to move on. We can fill it in once we're done. Wait, they count hamburgers different than cheeseburgers? Yeah, there's yeah. cheese on top of a cheeseburger. Wait, why the frick would you have a hamburger without cheese? Hey, this is one person's list that That's never... so weird. It's probably weird. an American thing. No, yeah. you're weird. Okay. I literally have never in my whole life had a hamburger with... Oh, cheese. And look where you ended up on this damn podcast. Yeah, and number four. Cheese. French fries. Uh-huh. See, I don't I don't count those as a snack. I've never just eaten French fries. Oh. I have. I will. When she gets the, the cheeseburger, I'll... I get the fries. No, if I'm really hungry and I don't know what I want, but I've got to put something in just to, you know, make me, uh, uh, you know, get, just to get the craving off, mm-hmm. I'll go get a small order of French fries. And that seems to just take the the, the hunger hmm. um, edge off, and then, I, then I'm okay. See, I just get a hamburger. See? Yeah. <laughs> Now here's the case: your fries can't be too overly salted, and they can't be too no. undersalted. Yeah. They're too over overly salted. It's just ridiculous, which is why McDonald's fries are kind of like huh. they're not as bad now as they used to be, but they used to be like so overly salted that you couldn't even eat them. They would like kill you. There yeah. is, uh, and then when they get cold, forget it. There's nothing oof. worse than cold French fries. One of my so they don't last long when you got them in a little bag. You got to really. One of my favorite uh, memories from uh, back home, uh, right beside the ferry. There used to be a ferry that goes to Quebec City. It's like a 20-minute ferry from Levy to Quebec City. And right beside at the ferry entrance, there was this little shack. There was, I think it was called Au o- Capitaine. Yeah, they did. But most people <gasps> would stop there and just get a bag of fries. And they were just like hand-cut, mm. you know, hand-cooked. And oh. they were just perfect, perfect nice. fries. Right. And you can tell by just the amount of seagulls hanging around <laughs> because, you know, people, if you're not watching those fries, those They'll seagulls go. will dive bomb you and get those those fries from there. In the, in the South, in the States, in North Carolina, places like that, people tend to like boiled peanuts. 
and they mm. eat them like French fries, and they're they're salted and they're hot. That's weird. Boiled peanuts. My father out of the shell, of course. My father used to tell me that for some reason, apparently, this was a thing like a couple generations ago. They used to drink like take a bottle of Pepsi and drink half of it, and they used to take a bag of barbecue peanuts and put them in the pop. And then keep drinking what? it. What? Yeah, so you'd have the, the sweet, and then you'd have the barbecue and the salt at the same time. I've never done it, but it's like, what? That sounds That's so just weird. so weird, right? Well, I've heard people doing that without the barbecue okay, part. Okay, well, he, he liked the barbecue peanuts. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. it's just... I'm like, up for trying things, but... Mm. I'd try it. Yeah, I'd try it. Okay. Number three, ice cream. Uh, wait, yeah. that's not number one? <laughs> oh yeah. God. Uh, How is that not do, number one? Okay, do we, do, do we want to go favorite ice cream uh, bar or Dairy favorite ice cream Queen. flavor? Uh, How can okay, you, you choose anything other than Dairy, Dairy Queen? Dairy Queen sucks. <gasps> it used to be good. They suck now. No. I'm so finished. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like, the Elk Crossing ice cream. I like anything. Okay, or what? It's also called Moose Tracks. Moose Tracks. Oh, really? Better. Coffee. Yeah, coffee ice cream. I can't say that, yeah. Like uh, a cappuccino. Me, Costco has good ice cream. Cappuccino For chip. me, it's either a cookie dough or a chocolate chip cookie, you know, something, something mm-hmm. cookie style. And, uh, I go uh, through, I like too many different flavors of ice cream. I like <laughs> Henry ice cream. Um, the cappuccino frozen. You're noticing a theme with me. Yeah. <laughs> with all this. I'm like, there's, there's a lot of junk food too in here. many. I go through like cycles. Chapman's <laughs> has the best yogurt. I that, yeah, I love Chapman's. Yeah, right here. Oh, Chapman's is good. It's a bit more That's expensive, but right next door locally is Birchwood Dairy Ice Cream. And that's very yeah. good ice cream as well. I'm not thrilled with, thrilled with Birchwood. No? But, no. No. It's, that's okay. Everybody to their own. Yeah, of course. To their own. Support I want an ice cream cone. Also, <laughs> if I get the cappuccino ice cream, Christina doesn't eat it. I hate cappuccino ice cream. Right across the border in Sumas and, and Linden, there is a, a, a very small mom and pop run. It's just locally called Adeline's, and they have the best ice cream ever. Oh, really? Yeah, they're really great. But you have to walk across the border to get it. If you, ever, if you ever go in Sumas. They, they have a little dairy on the, uh, right by uh, Linden, right? Yeah, that's the same, same company. It's the same family? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, they're... They're fabulous. They oh. really are. Okay, number two, donuts. Uh, are we a donut? Yeah. Yes. Now, Specifically, I, I, the Canadian maple now, from I, I, uh, Wendy's. I, I mean, <clears throat> Wendy's. Fine. I don't. I don't want you guys to. I don't want you guys to hate me. Uh, we already do. But I, I, I'm going to do something that's very un-Canadian here. I actually have better fond memories of Dunkin' Donuts than of Tim Hortons. That's, that's totally okay. fair. Okay, okay. Tim Hortons yeah. donuts aren't actually that good. No, but not anymore anyway. Yeah. It's the Tim bits that hold like the Krispy Kreme. Oh, oh my god. They're great when they're warm. But yeah. As soon as as soon as well, they're, they're That's why you cold. get them freshly baked from the actual store in Surrey. <laughs> yeah. I do have fond memories of oh. my uh, evil stepmother. She used to actually make them and just dip them in oil and all that and just make homemade donuts. That, that sounds fantastic. amazing. I I can't Donuts are too sweet for me. It's really, you know, like when you go to a meeting in the no, morning and they always donut. put donuts out. Uh, oh, yeah, but if you just, just take, like, like the, I like, I like to order the plain one because yeah, it's, it's just cake. a bit sweet, yeah, but it's not tons of icing. Yeah, no, cake yeah, I like the filled with powder. <laughs> oh, my oh, sugar. Look at it. Galore. Tim, yeah, Timmy's used to have really good donuts, but lately there have been a lot of complaints mm-hmm. about they're changing the, they've, the, they've changed, they, they the. They keep adding random yeah. ones. They, ever since they've been sold out to this yeah. Brazilian company that tries to pretend yeah. they're Canadian, right? They, they, they've changed their, uh, their coffee, they've changed their donuts. They used to bake them on site, now they're actually they're pre cooked, mm-hmm. and you just like kind of thaw yeah. them and just heat them up real quick. It's, no, it's Ew. no longer. And, the and they add the filling. And they're, just, they're just running on the reputation of Timmy's yeah. being this great Canadian thing. Yeah. But in the States, 
Dunkin' Donuts are really, and their coffee is really good. I've never too. had Dunkin' Donuts. Well, there's nothing up mm-hmm. here. They don't, they're not on this well, part of the country. Yeah, not in this part of the country. Back East, they have them, but not here. Okay, number one. Anybody want to guess what the favorite? Uh, candy bar? Mm. Pizza. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. I can understand that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. See, I don't classify pizza as junk food. You know, the, it is junk food. She, she no, article? not really. It could be healthy. I didn't read the article. It could that. be. There was, there if was, you don't get just the cheese. <laughs> well, yeah, first of all, uh, there, was, there was an article uh, a couple of weeks ago, and apparently it, Vancouver is the place in Canada where people order the most Hawaiian pizza. Uh, because it's the it's best. The best. Uh, and of course, to our American friends, you might not know, but Hawaiian pizza is actually a Canadian invention. Uh-huh. The guy who actually invented that died last, last year, I think. Aww. Uh, <laughs> Rest in peace, man. I will. I will tell you right now from back east, from, from my from my hometown, anything under what we call the triple crown, like a, a triple crown was um, sliced mushrooms and sliced not dice, sliced green peppers mm-hmm. and uh, and pepperoni, and of course your cheese and everything else. Anything under that is not a pizza. I'm sorry, like a pepperoni pizza, it's not a pizza. A cheese pizza is not a pizza. It's just okay. Dough. I'm I'm gonna. There's different styles of pizza from around the world. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Even Kevin. Yes. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we, need, we need to have the guys from uh, Puzzle and the Thunderstorm and uh, Tom and Cecil to argue. Chicago, no. Chicago versus. Uh, and then we'll just drop in we pineapple on our pizza. <laughs> I literally no, no, I got yes. a pineapple I pizza. With triple pineapple. That was the best And the person literally ever. had asked, like, phone me and ask, be like... You really wrote that much you, like, you make, Like, you know how much you asked for? The pizza itself did not turn out good because there was too much pineapple. It didn't cook properly. It soaked in pineapple yeah. juice. Yeah. No, was, it was bad. That was that one, was wasn't really it? <laughs> it was, like, still uncooked dough. I'm like, oh, this is bad. It I, did not I just, go well. I just ate all the pineapple. <laughs> Any, any particular pizza chain that you guys like, or just oh, Pete's, Pete's, the, ingredi- Pete's. the ingredients Pete's more than the the place where you eat it, you know? Or I I, I usually don't like pizza chains, although I, I I am kind of fond of the classic Pizza Hut. I kind of I like I kind of do like their crust, but the, like Domino's pizza, I don't know what they put in the marinara sauce, but it sucks. It's like, Which oh, we Domino's? Dom- oh yeah, <laughs> we usually get Ricardo's, but like when we can get Pete's. Pete's. I love Pete's yeah. pizza. Yeah, our microphones are not going to have any idea what we're talking about. They don't have these brands. You know, there. that's fine. There's only one Pete's, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, so it's very local here. What? There's only Pete's. one Pete's pizza. Oh, really? I thought there was like two. Oh, well, Pete's? Okay, well, even if there's... It's not a chain. It's <laughs> two. Pete's pizza, pizza. It's in Mission. It's, it's down by the junction. Oh, and it's okay. like, when the power would go out at home, yeah. we're getting Pete's. Which was like it's, it's, a, it's a little bit pricier. You, the owner used to be the ex mayor of Mission, Ted yeah. Adlin. He, he sold that now. And they also have these fantastic beef ribs, and I like to like pork ribs, like normal beef ribs. <laughs> and they're good. You know, it's interesting if you have a chain like Pizza Hut, Pizza Inn, or these. The quality can differ between them, so you could like one in one location and mm-hmm. not in the other. So anyway, at any rate, there we go. But I like candy bar. You were saying candy bars. That's a good, yeah. a good. Or what would you like, substitute if it wasn't pizza? What would you put as number one? At, at snack food. Oh, I I would do oh. ice cream. Pastries. Pastries. Yeah. 
It, it changes though. It depends on the Nobody day. Nobody said it Twinkies. Really Ew. Okay. I think they could fall into the pastry category. Because Twinkies have been around forever. Ever. You know. No. And we, there was a period of time about five years ago when they stopped making them, and, and the whole and everyone went, lost oh, their shit. Everybody went well, first crazy. Of, first of all, I, I'm so I'm sorry, but to anybody, and this, I'm gonna push this because it's a Canadian brand. Hostess sucks. Okay, it sucks. And I don't care what our American listeners say. It sucks. It tastes like horrible. It's horrible stuff. If you go for Vachon right here in Canada. I have no idea. What you have no idea? The <laughs> out of Quebec, I grew up on this stuff. I, those passion flakies I made you eat. Oh, okay. I, that's I don't my, know. That's Canadian. And it's, <laughs> I don't it's, remember this. You don't, <laughs> come on. You had them on the podcast. I, I have no, bad no memory. Okay, well, when you, did she have them on the you know who My you're talking part, about? Like, it's me. I have a horrible okay, memory. Okay, that gives us how much to go back on. You've been in this place for like no, a month. Okay, you guys have no palate, obviously. Anyway, moving Excuse on. Excuse me? I love junk food junk. It's time for another brilliant moment. Fight, fight, fight. It's going to be like, did you not hear me throughout that entire segment? Okay. So... We all remember last week when I brought up how Dave Drummeyer made this claim that he was going to sue the NFL for all of that. Well, okay. This week, he went even further. Oh, yeah, you doubled down, right? Announcing that some sort of a demonic virus must have passed through his TV screen during the halftime show and <laughs> infected him. It's called an STD. <laughs> what if there is a demonic spirit that accompanies the visual of pornography, he asked. What if that opens up to, what do they call it, a portal? A threshold? What if sitting there watching that soft pornography dance across our TVs, what if there's a spiritual component to that? What, what, what if there is something that comes out of my screen? What 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 could what, what where's the line? What if he's totally bonkers? Well, that too. Well, we already know that. But in his mind, where's the line between soft pornography dance and just dance? The where's color the line? of the person's skin. You think so? <laughs> I mean, if you if you if, has this person if ever you're complained about. If like you're rotating your hips suggestively, is it pornography? But if you're just rotating your hips without any suggestion, I mean, where, where's it's the line? It's probably, from? are they attracted to this person? Oh, yeah. Yes, actually, yes, then it's pornography. If no, then it's fine. So if, if Shakira and J-Lo had been wearing, like, a really long dress... And he was still attracted to them, oh, yeah, then so. yes. So I guess if she would have to, like, the... I think, because I remember his last issue was, like, the crotch shots and, like... They're dancing and but things they're, like they're, that. But it wasn't even that provocative. No. Okay, like, well, not for us who live in the correct century. When, yeah. Like, when you, you remember, he lives, in, he, he lives in repressed evangelical 11th century time. Yeah. He saw more than ankles. A lot more than ankles. <laughs> it's like, what if there's some waves? What if there's something that comes off of that video? He continued. What if there's something, <laughs> waves or some force that come off of that? What do they call that stuff? Dopamine? <laughs> what if that unleashes something in my brain? What if that's like really and truly infecting me with a virus? What if it's really that? I'm sorry, sir. That is called a boner. <laughs> it's an SDV, satanic demonic virus. <laughs> What if he just stops talking? Yeah. Oh, my God. I still say he just needs to, you know, jerk one off and then, like... Yeah. yeah. He might chill a little bit. 
It's the halftime show, not the ring. I saw saw a joke the other day. Says, you know, I watch Aladdin, and it taught me that good things come from one who run without. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. No, no, that's uh, totally fine. <laughs> so with all of that, what if, what if, what if, is he suing or is he just talking now? Oh, Who the please, hell knows? Please let him sue. Please oh. let him sue. I would like to see. I want I want to see that happen. I want to see them just look at him and just go, no. I, I want I I to see the judge just banging his gavel and saying, you're too stupid to be in this courtroom. It, it, it won't go that far. I mean, it'll be dismissed. Oh, no. oh, no, it won't. Yeah, he'll never go that Frivol- far. Frivolous. He, he talks, he talks. These, these preachers all do that. They, they talk, all they talk, talk. They never oh. do anything. Just talk. All right. Manufactured outrage. <laughs> Pretty much. Moving on. Okay. So... During the state high school wrestling championship in Pennsylvania this weekend. Oh, wait a minute. Was there a cross shot on that one, too? While they were wrestling? No, no. Uh, Give me another virus. (laughs) A Titanic wrestling virus. Catholic high school forfeited an important match because one of their boys would have had to go up against a girl from another school. (gasps) Oh, you know how angry that boy is now? So, geez, I had to wrestle this girl and now I can't? As a result of the forfeit, Notre Dame Green Pond lost the match and missed out on a higher placement. I let her pin me down. Well, um, let me be... Let me, uh, 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 after you're through, I'll make a, I'll make a comment because I don't want to break into your narrative. Nick Fierro of The Morning Call explains that Notre Dame's opponent in that match was Ileana Mateo of Saucon Valley High School. She's obviously good enough to be on the team, but she's never pinned a boy in a match, which gave her opponent a leg up. Personally, from my standpoint, I don't see how that gave her opponent a leg up. I think that's just, you know, whatever it is. Which leg are we talking about? Oh my god. Okay, usually this is me, but oh my god. When they forfeited, though, she won six points for her team. Uh, enough to tilt the team's results in her favor. Well, good for her. I mean, she won the points and didn't even have to go wrestle. I mean, that's I a great ha- way. I have some some notes on that after I'm done reading this. Uh, Notre Dame coach Mac- Matt Verez, uh had to go somewhere to spit it out. Uh, after speaking to his team briefly following the loss, he bolted from Hershey's Giant Center all but sprinted to his sport utility vehicle and appeared to drive away before circling back to sit by himself to decompress while waiting curbside for his team. Uh, he just left his team there? Verres did graciously roll down his window for an interview request, but had no comment on the rule. At the same time, he said, the 106 bout is pretty much the deciding factor in the match. The rule in question is that is the one that says girls can compete in wrestling since there's no separate division for them. The Saucon Valley coach rightly defended his team by saying they weren't taking advantage of anyone. If they wanted to do that, they could have thrown 14 girls out there. Instead, they picked the best possible team to go up against everyone else in the state. And if Catholic schools can't handle wrestling a girl, it's their damn fault. Yeah. Uh, He's right about that. Uh, much like acting, it's entirely possible to set aside your cooties and just be a professional. Uh, you're not com- committing a sin by wrestling a girl instead of a boy. But if the Catholic Church wants to pretend otherwise, then they are free to forfeit as many matches as they want. So, with that, 
if I were her, I would be so incredibly pissed. She got the poison and never got the rest of the guy, though. But that's not the point. You're there to wrestle because you can do it. And this isn't the first time this has happened. This has happened before, about a year ago. And she was denied some light groping, too. She totally could have groped him at the same time. That aside, because <laughs> we're talking about being professionals here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Like, and like, this is coming from my standpoint of like going back to even elementary school when they come and be like, can I get two strong boys to come help with this? I'd be like, excuse me. I don't want to do it, but excuse me. Can we get two strong people? Fair enough, fair enough. So, like, just, like, forfeit it for them to forfeit the match just because you'd have to wrestle a girl. That's, like, to me, under, like, I'm not going to, like, that's, like, I'm not going to fight you because you're a girl. Like. No, I mean, I, I, to- I totally agree. I totally agree with you there. I, I kind of feel bad. This is, well, how old is, are these kids? Well, that's where, that's where I'm getting at. I mean, you They're get, in high school, so. Okay, you get these, yeah. these Catholic high school kids, and you get... The um, the home uh, uh, um, the ter- <laughs> you, you get your parents saying you know don't touch girls you're not supposed to fight with girls girls are you know are, are sweet and love or whatever it is but you don't get into physical altercations with girls and if you touch girls they could um, they could accuse you of things you don't want to get into to mm-hmm. touching um, there are a lot of schools that have no touching rules no hugging rules and all of a sudden you've got these teenage kids boys with raging hormones and everything else and the boys I'm assuming are having a struggle this is a wrestling match these are breasts and vaginas and what if I touch them inappropriately what if I hurt if I squeeze a boob and I don't mean to and I think it's an awkward situation for them because I don't know what kind of training they're getting in terms of how to wrestle somebody from the opposite sex Mm -hmm. I can understand the dilemma. Oh, I don't know which 100%. side I fall on, but I'm very sympathetic yeah. to the problem that exists. Well, I think the main part in this is it's not the factor that everyone is like, oh, you're a girl, you can't do this. Yeah. It's like this one school, like, and I'm pretty sure it goes back like into their religion, yeah. is like, we're just going to forfeit because like we can't fight a girl. And I don't know if it was the actual like wrestler himself or if it was the coach I'm kind of feeling like it was the coach it's it's gotta be the coach it's 100% as as somebody who has wrestled in high school and who was a young boy in high school it's about as much action he's gonna get (laughs) during his high school years anyway so I kind of feel bad for the kid at the same time oh 100% I'm just like as this girl like she's got the points she won but it wouldn't feel like a victory you know what I mean like it's like I I won but I, I didn't do anything like she never got to just you know, actually test her metal. Yeah, it's, yeah. Such a, it's such a close contact. I don't, you know, it is awkward to me, and, and maybe because I'm older, and I, I don't know. When you when you do wrestling, there are some specific techniques uh, that you know, and, and the, the the action happens so fast that you don't really have time to be have anything else on your mind, even wandering hands or anything like that, because you, you move a hand out of, out of place and all of a sudden you can end up being the one being pinned. So you gotta be on point. Yeah. Would, would a boy think that it would be possible for a girl to say I, he, he was groping me, we weren't wrestling, he was groping me? Uh, and there's know, a whole bunch you, of people watching. If you're, if you're a high school... No, I'm just raising... Oh, if, absolutely. If you're, if you're a high school boy, 
and you're full of hormones, that's the last thing on your mind. Okay. I mean, if you have a conversation, like, apart, but right now you're actually in the throes of wrestling with a girl. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the, the coach of the Catholic school has to do some more educating? Well, it's like, yeah. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's a tough one to call, that one. <laughs> it really is, because, because I can understand, I can understand, you know, the, uh, the in the middle of the Me Too era, how people would feel about yeah, that, but at I the same understand time, I understand that. women's liberation. No, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent behind women wrestling or doing whatever. Oh, they absolutely. Want to do. Oh, Nancy but. wrestles me on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm kidding. She kicked my ass. You know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's an interest. I'd love to hear some of our patreons and listeners weigh in on this one. All right. So, Dead silence for dead that. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's put this on pause. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Chris Shelton. And we'll be talking Scientology. So stay with us. It's not easy being a podcaster these days. And even less so when you're a woman. So when we heard the good people at Secular Soup needed help, we sprang into action. This holiday season, open your hearts to Amy and Amy of Secular Soup. You too can make a difference in the lives of these poor podcasters. For less than the price of a cup of coffee a day, you too can make a difference. You can help them change their diet of tomato soup and blueberries into something with actual flavor, like rice cakes, white jelly beans, or even tofu. These women work so hard. Allegedly. And still get pranked by the people of LATV. I mean, how deep is the bottom of that barrel? Your donations can help them return a prank in kind instead of making creepy doll lamps and weird cushions nobody wants. Your kindness can help Amy and Amy find jobs more suited to their incredible talents, like street mine, elevator attendant, or even store mannequin. In this season of giving, your donation might even give them the idea of using a pseudonym instead of the same name. There is hope for the soup. Call now. Operators are standing by. Wow. Listen to these phones ring. That's great. Amy can get that new liver she needs. A generous donation will even provide some onions to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing yourself. fellow atheist podcast listeners we are the godless heathens podcast here's the details with no fine print you got new episodes available every other sunday there's three of us just like the holy trinity i'm don i'm jeff and i'm jerry coming to you from a spare bedroom in exurban atlanta where we'll examine the crossroads of politics and religion, but from the secular perspective. Sometimes we get heavy, sometimes we get deep. And no one is above reproach or mockery, especially each other. It's more of what you want and less of what you don't. So open your hearts and minds to the godless heathens in your podcast rotation. And you just might learn something, too.
far past time that we end all of that. There's absolutely no reason in 2013 that we should continue to have arguments about what it explicitly says in the book. It actually word for word. Read it and stop making excuses for it. Podcaster, the host of QA, and ex Scientologist. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer, Mr. Chris Shelton. Thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Thank you very much for having me. Fantastic. Chris, uh, you know, you do a lot of great work down in the United States, but we have a bit of an international audience. Uh, in case people don't know anything about you or your work, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a bio as to who Mr. Chris Shelton is. Absolutely. I am a, uh, my main claim to fame is that I am a former Scientologist. Of 27 years, I grew up in Scientology. Uh, my parents were involved. I, they, they're out. I'm out. We're all out. Ooh, um, but we uh, were very heavily involved, and me especially. I went up to the highest levels of Scientology by joining what's called the C organization. Did you meet Zenu? I did not meet Zenu. Oh. I actually didn't learn about Zenu till after I got out. That it, that literally is the best kept secret within the world of Scientology. <laughs> but um, I, which is which is hard to believe for everybody because it's so accessible on the internet. But it, that's how these groups work, you know. So mm-hmm. I so I didn't know about Zenu. Never got to that level, and I worked my ass off for 27 years. Uh, 17 of them in the C organization, which mm-hmm. is a uh, pretty crazy paramilitary kind of group. It was pretty nuts. And then I left all that behind. I, I, I left the Sea Org in 2012 and I left Scientology in 2013, a year later after I went down the internet rabbit hole and learned all the things that I did not know I had been involved in all those years. So you were part of and, the semen, right? Hmm? Oh you were part God. of the semen, right? <laughs> yes, I was an able-bodied semen. <laughs> And uh, then I left the Sea Org, left Scientology. I started speaking out publicly against it. The church doesn't like that. Mm. They uh, called me a suppressive person. They disconnected me, shunned me. I lost friends. I lost, you know, I didn't lose my family, but I lost a fiance at the time and her family, who was becoming my second family. And I lost friends I'd had for 20 years, just overnight, just gone. Wow. And, uh, that was rough. And then um, and then I have been recovering, and I've been speaking out about that recovery and what that process is like. That's basically what started my YouTube channel was the idea of, of talking about Scientology and talking about my own journey out of it. And mm-hmm. then um, – always sounds so – uh, I don't want to say arrogant, but kind of uh, highbrow, you know, my journey out of it. You know, I realized just stumbling along through life trying to figure things out, you know, yes. is really what's been going on. And uh, and bringing people along for the ride because I, I enjoy educating and I enjoy talking and I enjoy answering people's questions. Well, the, well I'm very excited to have you on the show today because we've never had uh, – in the five years we've been doing the show, going on six, we've actually never had a Scientologist on or an ex-Scientologist, I should say. Uh, so so give us a bit of an insight because up here, I mean, Nancy Nancy's a little Jewish girl and uh, Kirsten uh, was raised an atheist. Christina was essentially came out of the cult of Alex Jones. No, I was in that cult too. Yeah, it's a fun one. Scientologist, and I'm an ex-Catholic boy, so uh, unmolested. 
<laughs> Good. I wasn't pretty, one of the rare I, I wasn't pretty ones. enough as a priest, I think. <laughs> give, give us a bit of an insight of the everyday life inside the cult of Scientology. Yeah, sure. There's um, there's different levels to it, but the basic idea that all Scientologists agree with, and why people you know kind of go all in with Scientology, is because they believe that they are spiritual beings. They're not, you know, you're not just a body. You're a you're a spiritual entity, and you have been living life after life after life after life for a, a near infinite amount of time into the past. I mean, it's just been going on for so long. It's it, the numbers are ridiculously high. So you are going to continue to live into the future forever. You're, you cannot die. Mm -hmm. Your body dies, but you don't die. And so you carry on in this, in this existence here in the physical universe. And the idea is basically that this is all kind of an illusion and you're capable of things that you are, that, that you've never even dreamed you're capable of. Basically you're like a God, mm. you know, in the, in the ultimate sense, uh, it, but you don't realize it, you don't know it. And you have to get back to that state and Scientology promises through its procedures and processes and auditing and the classes that it offers, that it will educate you and rehabilitate your spiritual abilities and native and, and return you to what they call native state. Mm. Where you how you were back before this universe even existed, and you were this super being, and now you've been you know now you're down to the size of an ant, and it's time to turn that situation around. And L. Ron Hubbard is supposedly the guy who, in all the history of man, was 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 able to figure this out and come up with a route or a roadmap out of the mess. And they call that roadmap the bridge to total freedom mm -hmm. you know that the uh, this analogy of crossing a chasm from ignorance and darkness and woe and misery to you know this higher plane of existence and the and these this bridge to total freedom is supposed to take you there mm -hmm. so that's the premise of the whole thing at the at sort of the 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 essential level of what they believe right it's it's a religion but nobody in scientology really thinks of it that way um, they think of it as this more of a self-help, spiritual improvement sort of thing. And it costs a lot of money. People pay a lot, a lot, a lot of money for these services in a progressively increasing, um, you know, as you go up this bridge, as you move through these levels of indoctrination, you're being charged more and more and more for it. Mm. For example... The auditing, the count, what what we loosely refer to as counseling, it's it, it definitely is not that, but it's it kind of looks like that, is charged by the hour, mm -hmm. in, and it's sold in chunks of twelve and a half hours at a at a time. That's called an intensive. So you buy an intensive, and that intensive can run you anywhere from thirty two hundred to six thousand dollars, depending oh, on the kind yeah. of audit you're getting and where you're getting it. Right. So and you're going to be required to buy many, many, many intensives over the course of time that you're involved in Scientology. So getting up to the highest levels is going to basically cost somebody a minimum of five hundred to six hundred thousand dollars. If not, most people, by the time they get to those higher levels, have have donated or or chunked in, you know, over a million dollars. And this insane. is this is reg regular people. You know, but you 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 mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show that you yourself, uh, I guess, went through that process, and you know, mm -hmm. so did you actually spend all that kind of money yourself on your no, quote unquote therapy? 
What I did was a different route, which is arguably much, much worse, um, and that is I worked for the church. And so if you start – and they recruited me right out of high school. So when I was 17 years old, I joined staff at the Church of Scientology in Santa Barbara, and the the deal with joining staff is if you work there, you're a religious volunteer. They don't pay you much of anything, but you get your services for free. So all the cl- you get to do all those bridge to total freedom things for free if you can get the time and if you can get somebody to you know audit you counsel you right so so there's struggles even for staff to do the do all these services and then there's a certain level you reach where it's confidential and then you know you're at the, the upper level the Xenu stuff right mm-hmm. and even as a staff member you're supposed to pay for that unless. You do what I did, which is when I was 25 years old, after eight years of working in Santa Barbara, I joined the Sea Organization. And that's the that's like the that's like basically going to work for the Pope. Like that's going to the Vatican and, and going full time. Right. Like you're that's just all you do. You please, don't do Please it. tell me you had those striped pantaloons. No, I did not. Oh. Our outfits were not anywhere near as sexy as the Pope's. So, well, well, Chris. Uh, I really like those miter hats. I really wish we could have had those. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, people. But uh, we had, we had, it's a para, the Sea Org is paramilitary. It's kind of Navy like. They have ranks and ratings and uniforms and yes, sir, no, sir, how high, sir, and all that. Mm. And there's a boot camp type process. And you, it's a very heavily disciplined group. And there's, there's physical punishments and stuff. It's not, a, it's not any kind of a, of a walk in the park. And I did that for 17 years oh more. And as a Sea Org member, I could have gotten all the services for free, but I never had any time to do them because I was always working. So I only got about halfway up that bridge while I was in Scientology. And I left initially with the idea that I'd come out and I would pay for my services and I would finally do that, all those services and finally go free and you know be spiritually rehabilitated and all that. Mm-hmm. And instead, um, after 17 years, I hadn't made one inch of progress. And after leaving and finding out, going down the internet rabbit hole, uh, oh, wow, this is not what I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) And I can laugh about it now, but I can tell you, man, I was pissed. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what prompted me to start speaking out. And as you can see, I don't have a problem talking. So (laughs) no, no, no. No, but the one question I'd I'd like to ask you is: people who pay all of this money, is it they have to take loans out and they're in debt, or they actually have to come up with cold hard cash and deprive themselves of the the basic um, money that they need to live on? Both. They do both because they do end up taking out loans. They mortgage their homes. They double, triple mortgage their homes. Scientologists go bankrupt, I mean, routinely, right, because of this financial pressure that's put on them. And it is an extreme – I haven't even touched on the extreme amount of sales pressure that is put on every single Scientologist by the Scientology salespeople who themselves have extravagant, outrageous quotas to meet. And, you know, the pressure from on high is, is, is insane. It's, 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 it's like a boiler room intensity. It's very, very crazy environment. Well, and so family- Scientologists, uh, just to finish that answer, yeah. will, take, will borrow from each other, will borrow from the banks, will take out mo- numerous credit cards. Jeez. They have cashed in children's college funds, trust oh funds, God. inheritances. Ooh. I mean, the, the salespeople love it 
when an, when an inheritance comes down the line, right? Because then they're all over this person to donate the entire inheritance to the church for their services, you know, so or for nothing. I mean, they also will just hit you up for money, not even in exchange for anything, just because we're such wonderful people and we're saving the world and we need your money. So give it to us. Well, hold on well, a second. Your, well, so go on, no, did your family live under those kind of financial burdens when you were growing up? They did. Oh, and my God. I... Had uh, my father was a computer programmer, systems guy. My mom was a pediatric nurse, and so they both had decent paying jobs. And they actually worked for the church for a little while too in the seventies. They didn't go to the level I went, but they worked in at, in Pasadena where we grew up. Um, they they worked for the local church there, and they had some ups and downs and crazy experiences. But and then they stopped working for the church in the '80s and just started paying for their services. And they ended up starting their own company, and um, and they were at, they actually would have been pretty affluent. We would have been, we would have had a different class of life if they hadn't been spending so much on Scientology. So I I was fortunate as a you know they were public Scientologists. They, you know, they pay their money, do their services, and they didn't go to any kind of crazy extreme where uh, I was ever wanting for anything. I always had food on the table and clothes on my back, but mm. it wasn't, and it was a perfectly fine upbringing. But there are many, 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 many Scientologists and Scientology kids I know because I'm second gen, you know, I've met a lot of other second generation members who had torturous upbringings, horrible existences, barely had clothes, you know, struggling all the time, parents declaring bankruptcy multiple times because of the demands from Scientology. So so there's a range of experience there. I lucked out in a number of ways growing up, but my, my abusive experiences came later for me as a Scientologist, but there are people who've, who've really had a rough time of it because of all that. Wow. I, I got to make a quick sidebar here because uh, as a guy who uh, works in sales myself, I got to ask, you say, you talk about salesman's pressure to uh, an inheritance and all that. I mean, there has to be an incentive for these guys to put so much pressure. So what's the incentive? What's the payout? What's the um, quote unquote commission for the for the sales pitch here? Oh, well, the commissions, there used to actually be percentage commissions for the salespeople. Oh, really? Um, when I, I actually became a salesperson during a short period of time when I was in the C organization. And, uh, oh, by the way, the C organization, that's S-E-A organization, not, not the letter C. Oh, okay. And just to be clear about that, naval, it's paramilitary, naval, right? Hubbard was, was in the Navy in World War II, and he loved boats, he loved ships, and he, so he set up his own little Navy. That's how that worked. So the sales guys are, of course, being told that um, Scientology is the most important thing in the world. There's nothing more important um, because you're rehabilitating people spiritually. You're, you're literally saving them from the prison of the life-to-life-to-life -life -life existence that they've been stuck in for trillions of years. So, so there is no amount of money. The salespeople are convinced that that there isn't too much money you can give to Scientology, right? Mm. And so, so they'll, so they're ruthless in in getting the money from you and having no moral or ethical qualms about about taking it from you because they're convinced that that's how it is, and they're working very, very hard to convince you that that's how it is, and they're quite good, you know. And uh, 
So that's that's kind of and then there there is um, a percentage of the income is what's used to pay the staff. The staff don't have base salaries or base amounts of money they make. In the Sea Org, I, I, I should correct. I'm sorry. In the Sea Org, you get fifty bucks a week. That's your pay. Oh my god. <laughs> As a, yeah, as a, your 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 uniform is covered. You're you're given dorm style living. If you get married, you get a room, not a not an apartment. You get you literally you get a room oh, wow. for yourself and your wife, right, or your spouse, and um and they clothe you, they feed you, they have a galley, they make the food. You know, you get three squares a day. It's crappy food, but you get it. So the fifty bucks is supposed to cover you know cigarettes, underwear, you know stuff like that, right? Um, you know, women's supplies, you know, that kind of stuff. So you're making 50 bucks a week. Um, the, the, the staff pay that you get, um, can also be enhanced with bonuses based on commissions from, you know, donations made to the church. And so, so that's a system. And also if you sell books and lectures of L. Ron Hubbard's, cause they have them all on CD and books and stuff. Um, you get a you get a, like a five percent or a ten ten percent commission on that. So, so those the salespeople could make more money than your average Scientology bearer. But at the end of the day, nobody's getting rich in Scientology except the guy at the very 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 top. Yeah, because I was about to I was about to say not only that you can you can be an, uh, let's say an excellent seaman uh, salesperson and, right. and all of a sudden you, the money you're making the commission you're getting you're reinvesting investing in your own quote-unquote treatment this is this this is dubious this is a bit like walmart employees they have to shop on walmart because they're making so little right that's right that's exactly right and the um the exposure we should you know there's so many points to hit here but it is a destructive cult and that means that they are not given free freedom of thought freedom of speech um there is not a freedom to peruse the internet there is very little access to the outside world I'm talking mainly about the sea organization now, right? The highest level of Scientology, the most committed. Um, I think there's about four to five thousand Sea Org members worldwide, so we're not talking about a huge group of people. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you have your staff, which are the people who work at the city level churches, and there's probably about another four or five thousand of them around the world. And then you've got we estimate probably somewhere between 20 to 30,000 Scientologists worldwide. So when you add the staff and the Sea Org and the public all together, you're talking about 35 to 45,000 people. Wow. That's Scientology, right? They they have they've been lying about their numbers for years, but it's really that's where it's about. Yeah, that's I was where about it's to at. say it's it's been on a decline recently. It seems. Oh yeah, huge. Last. Uh, the last 15, 20 years have just been nothing but downhill for them because of all the public exposure, especially since 2008. But they have Tom so, Cruise. Yeah, they do have Tom Cruise. And that does not – I'll tell you – let me tell you what Tom Cruise can do because it is – it's kind of scary and kind of fascinating. Tom Cruise can go on to Good Morning America like he did many years ago and he can promote L. Ron Hubbard's book, Fundamentals, The Fundamentals of Thought. Or self-analysis, right? I think this particular time he was promoting uh, fundamentals of thought. Yep. And he can he can go on TV in the morning and say, "You guys should read this book. You want to know what Scientology is all about? Buy this book and read it." And that morning they would have like five thousand to ten thousand book orders. Holy really? shit! 
Yeah, that's the power of Tom Cruise going on a talk show and saying something positive about Scientology. So the celebrity thing is not a joke. That's that's for real. People are influenced by celebrities. But the good news here, of course, is that Tom Cruise is also crazy. So <laughs> he jumps around on Oprah's couch. And when he yep. uh, confronts Matt Lauer about how Brooke Shields is, you know, destroying herself with psychiatric medications. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and he says I stuff like, that. you know, Matt Lauer, you are glib. You don't know what you're talking about. I know the history of psychiatry. You don't. He comes off looking like a moron because that is moronic stuff to say, mm-hmm. you know. And people just kind of look at Tom Cruise now. And, and if they're not enamored by his movies, which unfortunately is a, is quite a few people, then they can see that he's kind of nuts and, and that the Scientology thing is kind of nuts. And more than just nuts, it's actually abusive. And the reason why it was so important for Going Clear, that documentary that they made on HBO yes. and Leah Remini's show, yes. the reason these things are so important is because they have changed the public discourse about Scientology so now people know it's not just a kooky UFO cult where they have some strange, odd beliefs about Xenu. Now people recognize this is actually an abusive group that, that engages in human trafficking, covering up you know, child sexual assault, um, adult sexual assault. I mean, at all levels. They'll, they, they're, they're as bad or worse than the Catholic Church in this regard. Holy. And... Um, and they and other criminal activities. They stalk and harass critics and former members. I mean, this is a cult. And Tom Cruise is a cult member, and he's nuts. And I really wish that more people could see that. But that's that's where that's that's where it really. I, I don't know how to be more blunt and honest about no, it. No, no, I, to, I totally agree. I, I'm just wondering, and you know, Tom Cruise. Uh, John Travolta, Nancy Cartwright, and and many yep. more. It seems that Scientology seems to have a very uh, interesting appeal to rich people in Hollywood, and I'm kind of wondering, is it, what is it about Scientology that Hollywood likes? Well, really, no different than anybody else, right? Hollywood celebrities. Uh, again, this is something people don't really think about too much, or or look at a whole lot, but they're people. They're just people, mm-hmm. and they have the same problems you and I've got. They can't talk to their mom. They have trouble with their kids. They have trouble at work. They can't, you know, they, they, they get overwhelmed. They get depressed. They get anxious. I mean, you want to talk about anxiety, you know, celebrities especially, right? Mm-hmm. So, so they want help with this, and here comes somebody. Usually the connection is made through a friend or a trusted business associate, and uh, somebody says something positive about some aspect of Scientology. And if the person reaches or goes, oh, really? What's that all about? I could use some help with something, right, kind of thing. Then they have a whole organization, a whole sub-organization in the Church of Scientology that caters specifically and only to celebrities. It's called wow. the Celebrity Center. It's in Los Angeles, and there's a network of them internationally, but the main one is in Hollywood, of course. Of course. It's a beautiful building. It's got a five-star uh, restaurant in it. It's a beautiful hotel. You can stay there. Celebrities do. And um, and they and they have a what's called the president's office, the president of the Celebrity Center, and that office deals directly with the celebrities, all the ones you named, and anybody else who's in there. So, so they're catered to, and they are treated like VIPs from beginning to end. 
And that, you know, for, for I don't care who you are, when people are, you know, not in a suck up obvious, you know, sort of crony way, but when you when people are treated with a great deal of respect and importance and told that they are important because of the number of people they can influence, which is true, mm-hmm. uh, then they have they usually walk away with a very positive experience of the whole thing. They're like, I don't see anybody getting beaten up here. I don't see mm-hmm. any abuses. I don't see any problems. Of course they don't. Their entire experience is catered from beginning to end. Mm. So and Tom Cruise, for example, as the ultimate expression of that, is best friends with David Miscavige, the guy who runs Scientology. Yeah. And and David Miscavige is just a straight up sociopath. The guy beats on people for fun. And Tom Cruise just thinks that's the best thing ever. And that's who he really is. But how do you tell people that when he's out saving the world every couple of years in Mission Impossibles, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody wants to believe it. But it's true. The guy is engaged in human trafficking. Tom Cruise has. So it's kind of nuts, you know. And at least that's the at least that's what we're told by the people who were trafficked. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't. I never met Tom Cruise. I didn't experience that firsthand. So of course, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm passing on testimonials from others. But these are people I know. They're not just some nameless, faceless person I've never heard of. I, I know these people, and I know what they went through. So, it's horrible. You know, it's awful. So going back to yourself, your own experience there. You said at yeah. some point, you, you, you were working so hard that you couldn't really afford to go through the, the therapy thing so you decided to kind of get out to try to see if you can pay for it yep what was it in particular then you said you went down the internet rabbit hole what was it in particular that really kind of raised a flag about what you basically changed your entire idea of uh, of uh, about scientology well I, it was a lot of things um it took me 10 years to build up the resistance or the reasoning to leave the Sea Org in the first place. Mm. Um, As a second-generation Scientologist, I was raised with this stuff. I mean, the things I'm telling you now, I can laugh at, we can look at it, see that they're ridiculous and silly. But I really believed it, you know, and I really thought that this this whole spiritual existence was real, that past lives were real, that I was going to live forever into the future. That it mattered what I did now and with this, that I, that I had this one lifetime to free myself of these spiritual burdens because you forget between lives. So, the you know, the biggest fear that Scientologists have is that they're going to kick the bucket and not remember, right? And then, then they're screwed. So you got to handle it all in this life, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not going to remember until you get to the highest levels where then you won't be subject to the amnesia and all that. So... So I just want to make that clear that I was all in on this belief system. I wasn't I was I was disaffected with the organization and with the money obsession and and the lying, but I didn't yet realize how bad this whole thing was or how far down that rabbit hole I had to go. And so when I left the sea organization, I was still a committed Scientologist and I still wanted to go up the bridge. And then I got on the internet because I now had full unfiltered, unfettered internet access. And I am a very bookish, curious, learner-type person. And I was in a controlled environment for decades where I did not have free access to all the information of the world. And I thought I was okay with that because I understood – I thought I understood the situation I was in. 
um, I learned that that was not true at all, that I had been at the you know, receiving end of an awful lot of abuse, physical, psychological abuse, um, that I had um, been lied to, that there were key things that L. Ron Hubbard had claimed about his own life and his own experiences that had never happened. Mm. And that was the that was probably the first real like, you know, stone on my head, like what, you know, kind of thing. Right. Like when you can actually see his war record, when you can see his college transcripts, which people have dug up and he failed college. He never suffered war wounds in World War Two. He claimed to this day. If you go to lronhubbard.org or go to scientology.org and look up L. Ron Hubbard's biography, they tell you that he suffered blindness, lameness, war wounds, like he, explosions and stuff, and he was in combat. And it took him a year in recovery post-World War II to develop the techniques of Dianetics, which he used to cure himself. <laughs> well, then you find out he was never wounded in the first place. So guess what? All of Dianetics is a total, it's all based on a total lie. Yeah. And wow. all of Scientology, therefore, is based on a total lie. Then you find out about L. Ron Hubbard's multiple wives. <laughs> you know, that for a year he was married to two women and neither one of them knew the, about the existence of the other, right? And you find out about his serial infidelity and... His, um, t you know, his cheating the government out of money, is cheating everybody out of money. I mean, he was just Jeez. he was just a ruthless con man and a pathological liar. And you start learning about all this stuff, and it, you can't help if you have a rational head on your shoulders. You can't help but look at all this and go, "What the hell have I been involved in all this time? What is this?" Yeah. Oh and you know, and he could get away with telling big ass lies like that in 1950. There was no fact checking. Very, you know, people weren't going up and digging his, digging up his college records, and you'd have to go to the college pretty much to do it back in that time. You know, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have anything, anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, so there was no way to do due diligence on L. Ron Hubbard's claims the way there is now. And being denied access to the internet, because we only had filtered internet access at best, if we had it at all. So I didn't have exposure to any of this information, and I thought what the church was telling me was the truth. So after learning about L. Ron Hubbard's bullshit, that was a real turning point for me. And the final turning point were two more things. Um, I read confidential issues written by L. Ron Hubbard about how to go about stalking and harassing critics. And it was undeniable that it was written by him, right? Uh, previously, when that kind of exposure, when that kind of information had been exposed, we would justify it by talking about loose cannons and bad eggs and people doing, you know, going off too far on their own. But now I learned no, this is systemic, and it's on purpose. And L. Ron Hubbard actually told people to do this stuff. Wow. And that was a big deal. And the final straw, the final nail in the coffin, was downloading the Xenu stuff, the, all the confidential <laughs> upper-level materials, watching South Park, and also reading it in L. Ron Hubbard's own hand, 
and knowing for sure this is exactly what it was and then calling my mom who had done those levels and confirmed it with her because she was out now I was out now and I was like is this for real is this really what is this Xenu story really what people get told and she said yeah that's really what people get told that's really how it is and I just about you know okay I'm I'm done this is total horseshit. I cannot believe I dedicated 27 years of my life to this. Oh my god. And yeah, to say I was pissed is, you know, the understatement of the century. So okay, Chris. So that was the, that was the journey out. Chris, I'm going I'm going to be super honest with you. This this is yeah. so fascinating that I, we need to bring you back and go into this deeper. Absolutely. Uh, because right now I'm, I, I never get away with doing a half hour show. No, no, that's exactly <laughs> it. Because I'm looking at this, I'm running against the clock, and said, "Oh my God, we got, we're gonna have to do this. We're gonna have to do a part two. We're gonna have Absolutely. to do a part two. Uh, okay. So, uh, in, in conclusion, for now, until 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 you come back, if uh, people within the sound of your voice right now, and if they're stuck huh. within Scientology by some god miracle, they happen to stumble upon this this show while mopping the floor on a boat somewhere. <laughs> and if they're still listening after all that shit I gave to Tom Cruise, that's right. <laughs> what what would I mean? I just love the, how the the microcosm of Scientology mimics so much what we see today in the greater general public about being isolated and calling you know uh, information that is true fake news it's you you've lived kind of like yes in the science yes. Scientology world what happens in everyday life but it, with different terms I guess but what would you what would you tell these people uh, what would you what would you what would Chris say for these people to to, to, to reach out and, and to get out of Scientology what would be your recommendation here very simple think for yourself look for yourself you know, L. Ron Hubbard talks about personal integrity and what's true for you is what you have found to be true through your own inspection. Do not let people within the Church of Scientology or me or anybody tell you what to think. You just yeah. have to open your eyes and you just have to look. The information is out there and don't be afraid to look at it. You know, there are multiple sides to every story not just two there's there, everybody's got their own views on things but there are things called objective facts and you can learn these things and by doing so you know you might find that the that the truths that the church of scientology is telling you are not necessarily as true as you think and that's that's about as as simple and blunt as i can put it Fantastic! Thank you so yeah. much for being with us today on the show, Chris. We're as soon as the, we we close the show here, you and I are going to talk about <laughs> no problem, bringing man. back in, in a couple of weeks or something like that because this is this is just a rabbit hole. It's like, oh my god, we need to dig deeper. <laughs> this needs this. a part two because we're running against the a clock part here. Part two, at least at the very least, or three. Uh, so, if people want to find out more about you and uh, Q and A and all all the stuff you do, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me at uh, Chris Shelton on YouTube. I identify as the critical thinker at large. I love critical thinking. That's a whole story, too. And um, they can look me up at mncriticalthinking.com. That's my blog and my website um, or on YouTube. And uh, I have the Sensibly Speaking podcast, mm -hmm. a critical Q&A show every week, and uh, additional bonus content that I put up from time to time like I did this week where I did a long-form interview with a former Scientologist. So there's a there's a ton of content on my channel to look at about all of this, and I've tried to organize it as best I can, but it's a, there's a lot there. 
Fantastic. Send, send me the links to all that. I'll put that in the notes of the show. Yes. Yeah, we'll, next time we talk, we talk, which will be fairly soon, I hope, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Q&A and sensibly speaking and all that because, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> I said, we just, the tip of the iceberg with Chris Shelton here today. So, Chris, thank you so much for being with us today. But before I let you go, i got to have you say, hi, this is Chris Shelton, and I took a left at the valley. Hi, this is Chris Shelton, and I took a left at the valley. Fantastic. Perfect. And that was Mr. Chris Shelton of Q&A, ex-Scientologist. My God! I, I, just, I want to keep this guy for an extra five hours. We're just going to have to bring him back on the show. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he's so much... Oh, my God, what a story. And we just got a simple little taste of... Yeah, there's definitely going to be, like, a part two or part three. Uh, or yeah, part absolutely. Four. There's, there, there, there absolutely needs to be. Bonus this is, show. This is uh, huge, all the stuff that he's been through. And uh, we'll certainly bring that back to you guys. Uh, so in the meantime, look up uh, his uh, show, Sensibly Speaking, Q&A, and all that stuff. Uh, we'll put the links in the notes for the show there. I think it's totally worth uh, taking a look at and uh, be on the lookout for part two with Mr. Chris Shelton. Mm-hmm. That's going to be something else. All right. Well, thank you so much to Mr. Chris Shelton for being with us today. Thank you, ladies, for being with me. And thank you for listening. You can find us at leftofthevalue.com. You can find us on... Twitter, uh, Facebook, at LATV Podcast. You can send us an email at leftadvalleyatoutlook.com. You can send your complaints to Nancy on the first floor, but beware of the incoming knife. Uh, you can uh, give us a five-star review wherever you find us. It helps us and it helps others find the show. Or you can go the extra step and encourage the growth of the show and become a patron on Patreon slash LATV. Perfect. Coming up, where is my calendar? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> You'd almost think I'm always looking for that, right? Right. Next week, we'll have our old friend Hector Garcia Ooh. talking about uh, war in the States. We'll have our friend Thomas Westbrook that comes back as well at the end of the month. And then at the beginning of March, we'll put an end to the secular soup prank war with the nuclear option that we have. They're not giving me much of a choice here. <sighs> we'll have our old friend Dr. Ben Davis. We'll be talking about... Uh, the problem with pseudoscience. And we'll also have, uh, as promised, uh, Dave Warnock will be coming back. He's the guy who was dying with ALS as well. Uh, and, of course, we'll have also Neil, the 604 atheist, at the beginning of April. That's a local guy. That's going to be interesting. We talked about with him about uh, at uh, Randolph uh, Richardson mm. there mm. from the Canadian Atheist. So that's going to be an interesting show as well. Perfect. Oh, my God. So much coming up already. Tell me about it. We're coming up on six years now. Wow. I know, right? Anything else you need to add? Uh, if any of our listeners have any questions for us hosts. Yes, or even to ask our guests, by all means, send us an email. Yeah. Send us a message. We'll be more than happy to listen to what you guys have to say. Thank you so much, ladies. As I'm sure you know, we will answer and talk about pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. No, I don't care. I, so far, I have yet to have an awkward question. I've, I, I, I like leaving the floor open because sometimes I get asked questions that I've never been asked before, and that's more rare these days. Because Kristen has a tendency to ask you about sex and uh, furniture. <laughs> sex and furniture? Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it is about her. She's just a
Interesting. <laughs> I could say something. But I will be the adult here, despite being the youngest member in the room, and keep it till after the show. Chris, Chris, it's, it's okay that your dumb father's sex and furniture happens to be a running gag on our show, and we do it all the time, and people's reaction are just generally like yours, like, what are these crazy people talking about? Before I even know who they are, you are talking about sex and furniture. So just, you know, just go, that, go with it. Yeah, it's okay. Are we talking, uh, like, hardwood furniture? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, are, are, you a, are you a soft pillow guy? He's kind of a soft pillow guy. Oh, okay. Soft fur. So it depends on what you're going for. Atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Atheist, atheist. I'm an atheist.